This is our new Asia series from Control Risks, where we bring you insights from our in-house experts on the most pressing political, economic, and security risks we see emerging in the Asia-Pacific. I'm Dane Chamorro, a partner in our Asia business. From our offices in Singapore, Shanghai, New Delhi, and elsewhere, our team of specialist consultants help businesses that are operating and investing amidst a whole manner of challenges. This ranges from political and regulatory analysis to vendor screening, strategic intelligence, crisis planning, and cyber response, just to name a few. We've heard more about data, our need for it, the absence of it, or the reliability of it in the last several months of the current health crisis than we have in any previous global event. Businesses generate immeasurable amounts of data that can help corporate leaders make better, faster decisions. It's an increasingly important tool for business, but how is it best used? Analytics can answer a lot of questions at the same time. You know, is my supplier able to operate? Is his workforce able to get there? Can he move the products? Even if he can make them, can he get them out of the country? If so, what country can he get them to? And there's 20 questions per supplier and you have thousands of suppliers. How could you possibly answer those questions manually? Analytics can do it at the same time and can give you the answers that you need very, very quickly. That and more coming up in this episode from Control Risk Asia Pacific team. I'm speaking with Alana Rigby, who heads our data analytics practice in Asia. Before she joined Control Risk, she spent a number of years working on the predictive intelligence and analytics teams at investment and commercial banks in both Australia and the UK. She leads a team of eight across our Asian offices using big data to help businesses identify the kind of risks they may be facing, which can be anything from supply chain disruption to uncovering insurance fraud or pinpointing IP theft happening across e-commerce platforms. I started by asking Alana to define exactly what we mean by data analytics. Data analytics really is quite simple. It is analyzing large sets of data. And one of the main ways that we can run data analytics these days is to ask the data really good questions and have the answers of those questions and projected into visualizations. And this has really opened up data analytics to businesses and to business leaders who don't necessarily have a background in data science or um, in, in computer science, because we are taking large data, we put it all together and we ask it quite complex questions and the output can be very simplistic. It can be a graph, it can be a map, it could be a series of numbers, but it, the output is very easy to interpret. Um, so in a kind of nutshell, data analytics is, is taking a complex set of data, asking it a question and outputting something that is interpretable to make some decisions on. Okay, thank you. That's very helpful. And I think it's particularly helpful in the current crisis that we've been experiencing, we hear almost on a daily basis. What data we have, what data we don't have, what data we need. It's kind of in many ways a, a data-rich crisis. How have you seen entities, whether they're government entities, corporate entities, or others, use data differently in terms of decision-making compared to maybe a couple of years ago? Yeah, I mean, this has been the limelight uh, crisis for data scientists. The use of data analytics in this crisis has been unprecedented. We have never seen it. Uh, seen it used to this scale before. We see in governments and businesses making decisions based on pure data. Um, and this differs because typically in a crisis or in a situation like this, people have often made decisions based on qualitative information. So analysis by experts or um, news reporting. And in this crisis, it has been very much driven by numerical values. Um, and there's a couple of reasons for that. 
One is the availability of data in this crisis. It is a scientifically based crisis. It's a crisis about a disease. And a lot of the information that we know about diseases is, is very numerical. So that's the availability of data um, has been one of the reasons actually why we're pushing and people are able to use data in this crisis so extensively. Also, because of the duration of the crisis, the ability to gather the data, pull it together into a data set and analyze it in, in a timely manner um, is something else we haven't really had the luxury to do before. Typically, if you look at a normal crisis, they're very short lived um, and we certainly right. wouldn't have time to gather data sets. In this crisis, it's been so elongated that actually we, we've collected data on so many different things. We have time to put it into a nice data sets. We have time to analyze it and we have time to interpret it. Um, and that's not something we've really ever had the luxury to do before. And also, there's so much data out there anyway. Interestingly, I, I'm not sure if you've seen this, but Google have recently just put out a data set that has basically taken all of the data that they collect on us every day. Um, so I don't know if it happens to you, but when I get into my car, my phone tells me how many minutes drive to my next meeting because Google is constantly collecting that data about me in the background. And Google have actually leveraged this data collection and it's now telling us the frequency of people visiting certain areas has decreased. So how effective the the lockdowns are, how effective the mm -hmm. government restrictions are. And so data that was used for something else, a different purpose before the crisis has been repurposed to actually help us manage this crisis. And it's not just Google that's doing, doing this. There's lots and lots of people out there that are repurposing the data that they collect every day and that we, we use in every other day situations. And we're actually able to absorb that data as well and use that to help some of the decision making by governments and businesses in this crisis. So it's kind of repurposing existing data for predictive purposes. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have a phenomenal amount of data that we produce every day. I think it's something like 2.5 quadrillion petabytes that we produce every single day. I mean, it's, it's, it's unimaginable <laughs> to even think about. That sounds like a lot. It's so much. Um, we have a huge, rich data source that we haven't ever had before in a crisis. I think one of the other ways that we are really adapting to this data analytics-led crisis is the ability to analyze this data. So businesses over the last five years or so have really become adapt to things like dashboards and data analytics to give them business insights. So people have had a feel for how they would interpret this sort of information. People like are used to seeing their monthly figures in graphs. People are used mm -hmm. to seeing dashboards mm -hmm. and the ability to analyze this data on your laptop or on your mobile phone has also increased the desire for people to have the information. So more than ever now, you know, CEOs and the C-suite are looking at dashboards rather than reading situation reports or um, articles that they may have read a few years ago in a, in a crisis such as this. That's an interesting point, dashboards, and you touched upon it, resumption or business people using it in the process of resumption of quote unquote normal business again. So how do those help and how do you construct one for lack of a better word? I mean, is that something a mere mortal can do with, with dashboards or because it, it is, I assume you're bringing in all these various streams of data, but you have to know what streams of data and how to analyze it to your point and also how to, how to display it so that people can make use of it. So talk us a little bit through that, what that looks like. Absolutely. So one of the biggest failures of data analytics is asking the data the wrong questions. Um, and if you ask the data the wrong questions, you won't be able to get any of the insights that you want. So in terms of who can set this up, 
I mean, from a technical perspective, you obviously need the technical skills, but you need to make sure that you're asking the right things um, because otherwise the information that will come out will just be completely useless. We also need to make sure that we don't rely solely on big data. Um, big data can be very misleading. There still needs to be a human interpretation on top of it as well. Um, and so if you are using dashboards and if you are creating these dashboards, the, the way that we analyze the data needs to take that into consideration. And analyzing the dashboards, the key decision is the Data analytics isn't meant to tell you exactly what to do. It's not meant to give you the exact answer. It is meant to help you inform making business decisions. It is meant to be used as a supportive role, not right. as, as the driver of these decisions. Right. And I think people can put too much emphasis on allowing the data to make the decisions. You still need to have the business person who understands their business making the decision from that data. We can't allow the data to fully, fully make the decision. So it's a, it's a tool, it's a very powerful tool, if done right, but it's not the decider. We shouldn't follow it blindly. It is, it is a powerful tool to help us make decisions. We should absolutely not follow it blindly. It is just a tool to help us make decisions. Um, and you have to get that bit right. Otherwise, it's not really that useful at all. Right. Talking about the topic of resumption and the crisis and a kind of a return to a new normal, one of the spaces that we've seen hugely disrupted by the crisis have been global supply chains. And I suspect this is an area where analytics has probably been used before, although maybe not in quite the robust way that it will be going forward. But how do you see it being applied to supply chains for companies that have particularly very complicated ones, certain sectors like automobiles or electronics? How does it integrate into that environment? Yeah, look, supply chains have been heavily affected by this crisis in a way that we, we've never seen before. We typically had redundancy plans for supply chains, but they've never included a global pandemic where essentially the entire world stops functioning. And one of the, the key things that our businesses are needing to do is make very quick and sometimes quite significant business decisions about their supply chain. Um, and to do that, they need to really understand a, what's going on on the ground, B, what it could be in the near future, and C, what does that look like in the context of the rest of their business? And to do that, you really need to take an analytics approach because there's no way you could make these business decisions quick enough if you were trying to use uh, qualitative information. So we've seen people adapting technology to make supply chain decisions in this particular crisis so that they can understand, okay, who of my suppliers could, could be operating? What sort of restrictions are they likely to be facing? Are, you know, are there port closures? Are there flights leaving that country? Are all their, their labour force in lockdown? From that, you can infer whether or not your suppliers are able to maybe operate or not operate. But we can also look at, OK, what's coming? Who's going to be coming online next? Mm -hmm. um, but also, you know, there's no point having a supply if you have no customers to buy it. Yep. So understanding, OK, where are our customers likely still to be operating? Is there a way to get our supply to our customers? All of these things are really complex questions that involve quite a mathematical approach. And, and without data analytics, it's simply impossible to make those kind of decisions in a quick enough manner to actually be effective in a crisis like this that is changing so dynamically. So it's really ideal where you have a lot of disparate moving parts, uh, and I guess supply chain is kind of a natural environment for that. A global global supply chain is a natural environment because you have a host of vendors and different jurisdictions and regulations and shipping routes and 
a variety of things where analytics is really well suited to that type of environment. Absolutely. So analytics can answer a lot of questions at the same time. You know, is my supplier able to operate? Can he get, is his workforce able to get there? Can he move the products? Even if he can make them, can he get them out of the country? If so, what country can he get them to? And you think of it, there's 20 questions per supplier and you have thousands of suppliers. How could you possibly answer those questions manually? Analytics can do it at the same time and can give you the answers that you need very, very quickly. The other thing that we are starting to see, but for sure we'll see more going forward, is incidents of malfeasance internally, externally, third parties. We know it. It happens during every economic crisis, every economic downturn. People get concerned about the health of their business or their personal financial situation, and they engage in, in some form of malfeasant behavior, whether it's fraud or asset loss or whatever. How is it that data analysts can help answer that type of question? Businesses can use their internal data and they can review that internal data to try and understand what is going on in that business. And now more than ever, it's imperative that businesses start to do that so that they can identify when somebody's um, acting you know, inappropriately or is, is trying to breach controls or is trying to move money somewhere that it shouldn't be. They need to be continuously reviewing their data um, and to look for these key issues. And as I said before, you know, data analytics can take really complex data, um, ask it the right questions and give out a very simple output. And that approach should be used in this case. You take your business data, which can be quite complex, and spread out across multiple systems, you compile it together and you ask it questions like, does it look like anyone's trying to commit fraud? Does it look like people are trying to breach controls? Does it look like people are acting inappropriately? And then you put a nice simple output of it's either happening or it's not. And if it is happening, you need to go and investigate it in a timely manner before the financial impact to the business is too great. So it's almost like, um, not quite real-time, but it's, it's almost real-time monitoring to, to identify problems early or potential problems early or so suspected problems early before it actually becomes a problem, if I'm understanding it correctly. Correct. So we want to be looking now to see, okay, are there people who are behaving in ways that could be indicative of fraud or, or other issues? Um, and we, you want to stump them out now. You don't want to have to wait a year until the next audit for it to be picked up. Uh, and by then, you've already lost a significant amount of money and, and the damage is already done. Um, we, we know the risk is increasing. Um, and so businesses should be taking action to protect themselves from that insider threat. So to summarize some of Alana's key points here, in addition to giving us a layman's definition of data analytics, she added that the current crisis has been a data-rich and data-driven one, which along with simpler technologies and tools, enables business leaders to make better and more timely decisions. Data dashboards have been a key feature of this, allowing users to visualize the analytic results. And finally, that these are very useful tools for recovering supply chains and proactively identifying potential malfeasant behavior. Thanks all for listening. This was another in our new Asia podcast series, and we'll be back with more in the coming days. In the meantime, please go to our website, controlrisk.com, for more analysis, or you can subscribe to all our podcasts on Acast, iTunes, or Spotify. Just search for Control Risk.